Good morning. And we're starting on the Amud uh, at the two dots. Was it two dots? Uh, I don't know if there are two dots there. Uh, I've written a lot about Gemara. But we're at uh, six, ten lines into the, into the Amud. Amur Abaya. Everybody got it? Right? Okay. So Amur Abaya. Rabbi Yosef Aglili, Rabbi Yishmael, Amud Avar Echad. So Rabbi Yosef Aglili, Rabbi Yishmael, both are the same thing. What is the same thing? Rabbi Yosef Aglili, the Amra. Rabbi Yosef Aglili says what we said. I'll dedicate you in a moment. Let's quickly see what Rabbi Yosef Aglili said. So we saw already yesterday at the bottom of Nun Chet Amud Bet, we had a bright to the Tanya, Kitman, Natiya, the guy chopped up his, his, his shoots. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Godra, Xer, Jerusalem, Momrim, Natiya, Bachtata, Shtaket, Bachtata, Shalim, Arba Kesef. Rabbi Yossi says that the guys in Jerusalem who were excellent, who, uh, the, who uh, calculated, the, handed out the, 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 the fines, etc., they mentioned that depending on how old they were, one year old, two Kesef, two years old, two Kesef. And actually, Chaziz, if they ate Chaziz, which was Shachar, like it's animal fodder, like it's very quick growing food, right? So there we said, Rabbi Yossi Aglili Omer, Nidon b'meshuyar shebo. Look at Rashi, the last narrow line of Rashi there. Nidon b'meshuyar sheba. Rashi has a sheba. It says, Ro'in etanotar, lefima sheta'ale kol aruga v'aruga bimei ha-katsiru m'shalem. What he says over there is, that, uh, see Mark's at the station there with Yonatan. We, uh, we pay based on the future value. In other words, we work out what will be, be at the time of harvest. At the time of the harvest, that is the value. So we don't say what it's worth now. Even though you ate it now, you chopped it up now, whether it was while it was still in its growing process. We say, let's see at the end of the day, when it grows, had it grown, what it would have been worth then. Okay, that's the idea of the rubbish. Well, look at the future value at the harvest stage. Okay, so let's just dedicate this year this morning to Shmot, everyone who's died in this war, soldiers, others, Neptuim, Chatufim, be at least as soon as possible, all our soldiers. Uh, yeah, okay, let's leave it at that. So that is, that, that, that is, that is uh, Rabbi, that's Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yossi Aglili. And he says, Rabbi Shmuel says the same thing. So how do we see what Rabbi Shmuel says? Rabbi Shmuel, the tiny quotes are brighter here, which also saw the beginning of the Masechta. Right? Metav Sadehu, Metav Kamo Yishalayim. What are the passages when it says, Metav Sadehu, Metav Kamo Remember, we saw Machlok Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva. We'll sit here again. Rabbi Shmuel says, Metav Sadehu Shil Nizak, U Metav Kamo Shil Nizak. Left to Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Akiva may lo baka tu vele legavot neziki min ha'idit. Vekavachom el-Egdesh. Rabbi Shmuel says, Metav Sadehu, Metav Kamo Yishalayim, Means that we look at the, someone damaged my fruits, my produce, my fields. He's going to pay me now back according to the best of my produce. And Rabbi Akiva says, "No, what do you mean? The the mazik, the damager, he's going to pay out of his best and his best fields. So he's going to pay land. He's going to pay from his best lands. This the damage is worth a hundred thousand. So now we say, oh, he's got uh, idit, ziburit, bayronit land. So obviously, if he's got." Ziburit land the worst, he'll pay much more land. If he's got bandit land, he'll pay a little bit less land. If he's got idit land, he'll pay less land. So you pay the idit. So you pay the guy less land, but at a higher value per square meter. That's Rabbi Akiva's story. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, you pay out of the, according to the best of the Nizak, of what he's got. So the Nizak's got the best lands, you've got to pay him land similar to what he has. That's what Rabbi Shmuel says. So that is basically 
what Rabbi Shmuel said. But now the question is, how do we establish value? So now we know where you're going to pay him from, but what value do you pay him? Do you pay him the value of the damage you caused now? On the value of the damage which would have been worth had it been harvested in the future if it lived, if the produce were able to go full term, which we saw Rabbi Yosiaglini said. According to Abaya, Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yosiaglini said the same thing. So here comes Abaya and says, Don't say that Rabbi Shmuel means like Rabbi Baravin. What did Rabbi Baravin say? He said, He ate from the troughs or from the, from the gardens, one of the furrows, right? And we don't know now whether he ate from one of the better crops or one of the weaker ones. In other words, one of the better crops that he was having there in the better furrows or the weaker furrows. Rabbi Rabbi Idibar Avin says, What did Rabbi Rabbi Shmuel mean when he said Meitav Sadah from the best of his lands? He meant. And if you don't know which one he ate from, from one of the better ones or one of the, the, the lesser ones, pain from the best. That's Rabbi Yossi Bar-Idi says. Right? That's what he said. Rabbi Idi Bar-Avin, sorry. Don't say that, Sabaya. Because because we don't say that. My timer. Because we got a cloud in Alakha, right? If we're uncertain. So unless you can bring me proof that you ate from my furrows, or what did you say, Clifford? Saffron for lance. If you only ate from my potatoes, you've got to bring me proof now that you ate. I've got to, as the owner of the fields, got to bring proof that you damaged my saffron plants, not my potatoes. And if I can't bring proof, then the most I can claim from you is the value of my potatoes. So that's what Rabbi Abayah says. That's what Rabbi Shmuel means. Don't say like a but I've Say it like 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 that. Elu b'meitav the kame umai niu kiach the salik. Oh sorry, umai sorry sorry b'meitav elu b'meitav the kame umai niu kiach the salik. And that's what he means. Look at Rashi kiach the salik b'motah katsir. And what is the value? What they'll be at the end of the harvest period? Had they survived to harvest? We work out what they'd be worth then, and then you pay for that. So they're basically a long way around here of telling us. Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Ishmael agree. Okay, there might have been some Havamina in the Badamidra somewhere where people thought that Rabbi Ishmael meant that you pay now. We can understand the, 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 the misuse, right? Because we say pay according to the best of his fields. What's the best of his fields? If you're not sure, pay the best. That's Rabbi. Anybody with me? I went through it very quickly. Okay. Many, Tadarabah, many. It's there. I'm going to Okay. Okay. Now the Gemara carries on. Now Amar Mar. So we saw in a brighter, right? The top of the Amud. We saw this yesterday. We had a case there. Achles Smadar, right? If you ate Smadar, which are little grapes, right? That they've just started blossoming. Just after blossoming, the grapes pop out. Small grapes. And then Rabbi Shua says, that grapes ready to be harvested. Chachamim say, how they are now? What they'll be after? What the actual damage was? What do we speak? When you ate them like a sprouts of other grapes or figs. But if you ate picked but unripened figs or bosser, right? We said that if you ate those things over there or bosser, right? Also uh, that are unripened grapes. So they've been picked already. 
So then, when it's kilo arabim mumdotli, you see, you treat them as if they are uh, about to be harvested. So the Gemara says on that, Amar Mar Rabbi Yudo Meir, Mishum Rabbi Shimon, Vemid Rabbi Murim, Sheachla Lovei Gefanim Vichreitenim. That's when you ate the sprouts, the 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 the, the grape sprouts or the figs. Amar Asmadai, they were already picked. We're not talking kilo arabim mumdotli batzer. She says, but wait a second, look at the safe, we've got a problem over here. Because at the moment it says, if you look at the but they were smadar. But the safe says, if you ate unripe figs or unripe grapes. Now, boser, yeah, and smadar seem to be the same thing. So he says, smadar now is in a different category. We've got bosem, we've got and uh, then we've got smadar. And the Sefer said, Pagim and Boser. So now Smadar, if you look, each one is, is treated differently. Smadar in the ratio was treated, but if they're on the tree still waiting to be harvested. In the Sefer it said, Smadar was how good they are now before you ate them, how good they are after you ate them. They're not treated as if they were ready to be harvested. So Ravina said, no, 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 I get confused. Kruch Vetani, bundle the whole bright up into one. Ramas Kruch means bundle, right? Kruch Vatani, Grashi Zavia, Kruch Vatani. Hosif Smadar Imahem B'Mishnah. Add them to the Mishnah. In other words, read it like this. And read it as follows. That's they're on the tree. Aval Achle Smadar, Pagi, No Boser. All those three together. Tankilu, Anavim, Mubdotli, Batser. So now the Gemara is happy. Because now they all make the same. Now they've all been picked already. And, uh, and they, they, we look at them if they hadn't been picked yet. So when it says, Iachi, that's the case. Our ratio was Rabbi Yeshua Omer in. Then we had Rabbi Yeshua Ben Yehuda Omer. Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yehuda is one shachal legafi. Siyach Rabbi Shimon Ben Yehuda. Hi Rabbi Yeshua. Now we got no machlokim. Now Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Rabbi Shimon Ben Yehuda all the same, the same thing. So why do the brightest bring them separately? The question is something different. He says Ikebenayu kachash gufna velo misayme. He says what do you mean kachash gufna? Kachash gufna. However, he says, What is the answer over here? He says, No, 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 there's a difference between them. We don't know who says what, though. But we've got Rabbi Yeshua and we've got Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda. They both say that we bundle. Ask why were they brought separately? They were brought separately to tell us that, listen to this, this is quite amazing, that the Ganif, who picked them off the tree now, right, early. Had he left them on the tree till the end of the whole process, we know that as a rule, it's virtually impossible. Maybe today with technology it's easier. But in a simple, basic farming community environment, when you've got all your fruits on the tree, you can't pick them all at the same time on the same day that they all become ripe, correct? It's a picking process. Yeah, we see now, we saw now. When the war in the north started, so all these farmers brush it and all of them, they had trees full of, uh, of, of, of uh, fruits to be picked, correct? And they had it looking for volunteers to come and pick them. And it takes days to pick. So you're picking and picking and picking. In the meantime, the, the, the ripe fruits that are sitting on the tree now, according to what he's saying over here, according to one of his opinions, as it's like a law of inverted returns almost, right? As the, 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 the fruits on the tree, so the longer it sits on the tree, it starts losing moisture, and becoming worthless. There's actually damage to the plants because of the fruits because they're waiting to be picked. 
So one of these Tanaim over here, we're not sure who says, no, what's the Nafkamina here, if it's Madar or Pagim, whatever, is that when the Ganef or the guy caused the damage comes to compensate you for picking those fruits early, he compensates you, but we give him a credit for the damage that he saved you by picking it early and not leaving it on the tree post the ripe period. You all get that? In other words, if you've got a, an apple, and at the moment, let's say you picked a grape, okay? And had the grape gone to full term, it would have been worth a shekel, let's say, a dollar. But every day that it stayed on the tree would have been worth less a cent. So over 10 days, it was worth 10 cents less. So it wasn't a dollar anymore when it got picked. It was actually 90 cents. So you picked it now. So we consider that really you saved the guy that loss of the 10 cents. Why? Because you're paying him now as if it would have been picked. When would it have been picked? It would have been picked on the day one, on the perfect day. That's the day we go to value. So that's a dollar. Ah, but he would have lost 10 cents. So therefore, I give the gunner or the damage party the 10 cents credit now. And he has to actually pay me 90 cents. Got it? Right? Everybody with me? Everybody agree with that? Right. To compensate the person for his real loss. For his real loss, correct. Thank you. Why doesn't it just that what bothers me? Why don't we just say that somewhere? Well, we did say that. We did say that. We we rather than pick out if it's this and if it's that and if it's that and if it's that. Okay. Compensate him his real loss. But we but 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 we explaining him but but we're saying that. Maybe I was the verbose one and the Gemara was much more simplified than me. Maybe it's my fault, not this. Don't shoot me. I'm the messenger, right? A bad messenger. But Arashi, I think you look at Rashi. The reason Rashi has to explain what he's saying is because he wouldn't have understood really what is the, what is the actual loss. Rashi is telling us how do we calculate the actual loss. The actual loss is that there's this luchluchit that dries up over time. So he's explaining to us how to calculate the actual loss. If he just says calculate the actual loss, what's the actual loss? Maybe this guy's in. Why there's a loss? And also explaining why, and he also explaining why there's a loss. Yeah, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty clever. Okay, so, so that's what he said. So the Gemara, but he says that he ends off by saying, however, we're not sure who said what. Whether it was Rabbi Yeshua said that, or Rabbi Shimon Yehuda said that. So Abaya says, no, 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 Messiah, Messiah, we can work it out. Who says what? We know who says what. Really, Rabbi says Abaya. How do we know that? He says, We know who it is who says we're going to worry about the Kachash Gufna. And who is it, Zabaya? Rabbi Shimon ben Yehudahi. How do we know that? From something else that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda said. Right now we're going to a different, a different area of Aloha altogether, but a similar principle. Tatanya, he quotes a brighter. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh. Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh. Ones, Eino Meshalem etat Sa'ar. The person rapes somebody. They don't compensate the woman for pain and suffering. Why not? Because any I should have had that pain with her husband. It's a pretty uh, technical way of looking at things, right? No emotion whatsoever. So what do you want? We, we were looking at Emmet. The Emmet is, what were the damages? Is there pain? But they wouldn't be paid anyhow. So they wouldn't be paid anyhow. How can you say that? Why not? What are you saying? She was a virgin or something? Let's assume that, let's, let's, let's conclude that she was a virgin. Yeah, yeah that was, she was a virgin. Yeah. I agree, you have to say that, right? So they were in pain anyhow. They were in pain anyhow. Right, look at Rashi. 
He says, Therefore, she would have the same pain. So if she would have had that same pain, take off the pain. You don't pay off for that pain. So Amru Law, so Chavim said to Rabbi Tzurim, what are you talking about? Eino dome nivalat peratso, nivele peratso, nivele peones. You can't compare the two. Chavim said, that's not true. But the bottom line is, that we see that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda brings Rabbi Shimon ben Benasiah as an opinion. So we see that Rabbi Shimon, is, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, who quotes Rabbi Shimon ben Benasiah, is aware of that concept of deducting, uh, there's a term for it. What's the term? No, uh, there's a term for it. Uh, uh, I can't think of the term. There's actually a term for it. I have to remember the term. Uh, not the collateral value, the... You're helping somebody. Potential um, benefit. No, 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 that's not potential benefit. Other way around. We, 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 come on, New Clifford, give me a, what am I looking for, man? Uh, collateral damage. No, but like collateral. Yeah, no, 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 because it's, like, it's, it's like an accounting term. New Kevin, somebody here, uh, Steve, what's it called? When you, uh, like the, the contingent value, right? That's what he's saying, right? That's what he's saying. So he says yeah. over here, so he's aware of that. So, so, so that's Amr Abayahani. So that was the first answer. So now we've seen over here already the difference between Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Shua ben Yehuda, but they both say the same thing. Abay brings another opinion while we're on there. He says, Hani Tanai, other Tanaim, very Rabbi Shua ben Yehuda, Amr Abayahani, they say the same thing. So he says, there are more people who think the same way. Rabbi Shua ben Yehuda, we already saw, Amr we already saw, he says that you, that, that, that you deduct this contingent value. Hani Tanai, and who are the other Tanaim? Mahi. What is it? The Tanya, we've got another case. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Neki Chaya. Look at Rashi. But the Mevrada Kamari, to a person who causes someone to miscarry. Right? So now you're going to compensate the husband and you're going to compensate the woman for the damage that were caused. But he says, Neki Chaya. What do you mean, Neki Chaya? Look at Rashi. But the Neki Chaya, but the Mevrada, remember, but the Mevrada, when you cause a woman to miscarry, you're going to pay now compensation. Look at Rashi. The husband would have to pay a midwife. So Anachinami, there was damages caused here, right? But there was also savings. Does it bring a midwife any longer? Again, a very sterile way of looking at things, right? But you saved him a midwife. And as I says, even more than that, you can deduct mezonot. What's a mezonot? While she was pregnant, she'd have to eat more because she's feeding two people. Now she's not pregnant anymore. She's saving, you're saving money, now, but you're feeding her. So again, if we're looking for Emmet, let's leave the emotions aside. Looking at Emmet, what's the real damage? Right? What did you call it, Daddy? The actual damage. Right? Yeah, the actual damage. Look, look, look at Rashi. Uh, also, maybe while she was pregnant, it was painful. She's now got less pain. She's not pregnant any longer. So it's also worth something when you're calculating her pain and suffering. She's suffering less now. So all these things you factor into the equation. When you work out how much to pay her, so in your algorithm you're going to have a plus on the plus side for pain and suffering and medical costs, etc., etc. On the negative side, you're going to deduct from that equation the cost of the midwife. You're going to deduct from that how much food you're going to pay her. You're going to deduct from that the fact that she's suffering less now because she's not carrying a baby. Maybe there's mental pain because she's now uh, had a miscarriage. This is the whole equation, he says, not just Pashut. Right? 
So now the Gemara goes into detail. It says now. So we saw two opinions over here. But Shulman Yudah says. It says Shulman Yudah says. Uh, Listen, uh, Darren, the problem is still that although you're going to save all those savings, but those savings would have given you extra hanaah. So they. Okay, so you affect that into it as well. So in your algorithm, you'll have a you'll have a plus section uh, for adding on with the the lost benefits. Work it out. But in other words, the idea here is. Don't just say the woman got a miscarriage and therefore we're going to have to compensate her. Wait a second, there were there, there, there's savings along the way. No midwife, less food. There might be loss of benefits. Added it, but work it out, right? So Rabbi Yossi or Menachim Chayev and Azam Menachim Bezorot. So the Gemara says now is the machlok and what is the nafkiru between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi and Benazah? So the Gemara says man damen Menachim Chayev, the one who says take off deduct midwife costs. Kosher kei Menachim Bezorot. How much more so? You deduct as well uh, savings on the food. But the man damen achim is zonot, but the one who says deduct foods, why does he stipulate foods? Because he won't let you deduct the midwife cost. Why not? Because the husband could say to the guy, the damaged party, what do you want to deduct midwife costs? He says, She's a clever woman. She can deliver out a midwife. So therefore you can't deduct those costs. Okay, anyhow, midwife is relevant to this week's Pasha, right? We learned this week's Pasha starts in Shmot, which unfortunately I missed the shoe this morning, but I uh, prepared it nonetheless, right? The midwife, what is this Pasha? The, uh, Yosef, uh, Yosef Pharaoh said, tells to the Meyadot, right, that they've got to kill all the firstborn. And the whole idea there is, by the way, it's just amazing, the Pshat is a Tachbulah, they aren't allowed to know when he tells them to kill the firstborn, they've got to do it in a way that the women don't know that they're killing the firstborn. Not that they knew they were killing the firstborn. If I would say one thing which was which I would like to spend a lot of time with, there are bug points out over there, and it's obvious that this decree must have been towards the end of uh, of uh, of of Mitzrayim, before the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Because if it had been earlier on, then there'd be no young children who have left Mitzrayim. They all would have been old, because Moshe was already about 80 years old. And we know that the that dream was that Pharaoh that the that the Moshe was going to be chucked into the river. Why do you want to throw them into the river? Because they knew that the saviour of Israel, the Moshe, would come from the river. If you think about it, I never thought about it for my life before. If you think about it, it had to be right at the end, long after Moshe had been thrown into the river. They started kidding them. Otherwise, all the children would have been Moshe's age. They'd left me They already would have been 80 years old. There would be no youngsters left from the time Moshe was born. There would be no youngsters born. They didn't follow his rules. No, they didn't follow But in the Mitzri, also started chucking people into the, into the river. And then they started even chucking, and there was one day they were chucking all the midstream. They weren't even sure they started chucking the midstream, started killing midstream, started burying them in the walls. They did all things. The Mayalda didn't, but that's why then the midstream went wild on them. Okay. Anyhow, just there was a connection over here between uh, between the Mayalda. Okay. So our Papa, Rav Hunabarai, Rav Yeshua, Abud Abdek, Rav Nachman, Bashishi. Now we go back to the Sugya. And we saw the sugi. Remember, we had Rav Nachman yesterday, and we had Rava arguing with Rav Nachman, and we had Abaya arguing with Rava. And in the end, we sort of pointed out that Rav Nachman Abaya actually seems to be that Abaya is the one that Halacha is like him, even though it's not in his name, it's like Rav Nachman. And uh, we see over here, Halacha is what? Rav Papa Rav Huna Barad Rav Yeshua, Avud Uvda Kavat Rav Nachman Meshishim. Makes no difference whether it was animals, makes no difference whether it was your mammon or your, or your, or your, uh, or your goof yourself. Right? In the end, everybody paid. Damages according to Shishim. That's Rav Nachman Paskin Alocha. Grobbing is another version. Nishna Achrina. Rav Papa Rav Huna Barad Rav Yoshua Shamu Dikla Agav Ketina Da'ara. Right? What did they do? 
they have they have praised Rapapa and Ravuna Bradshua Shamu Dikla Agav Ketina Dara. And we, so, so, so we see over here that they didn't do it kashishim, right? Ketina Dara. And if a hilchate kavat Rapapa Ravuna Bradshua Yeshua Bedikla Daramai. The Gemara says over here, but this seems to be, if you ask me, according to the first version. Because Rav, there's a, a Rashi over here from Shabbos that says, What's a Diklid the Armai? He says, Tamarim Raimheim, not very good ones. The Ain mit Bashlot, they don't ripen nicely. The Yilchat the Kavadra Eshgaluta, but Diklid Parsai, like we saw yesterday in the Machloket yesterday, and like Rav Eshgaluta, they actually charge you mamash a portion of the tree. And look at the, the Rashi over here as well. He says, This Dikla Parsai is like apparently a very expensive, a very uh, important tree. Rashi Savia also from Shabbos. Tamarim Tovim, they're very good dates. Tamarim Tovim, they're ripen very nicely. I don't know, Dikla Parsai, I don't know which ones we have in Israel, but the Majul, Super Majul are pretty nice dates. And they seem to ripen pretty well here in Israel. So I'm not sure if those are Dikla Parsai or Dikla Darmai. But they're pretty good. So see, that would depend on the tree. This idea of the uh, just give me a translation there, please. Dikla agav ketina daara. Well, I think I missed that. What does that mean? According to the actual land itself, what does it mean ketina daara? It's uh, the you evaluate a palm tree with a small with a portion of the land, like on the land. It's not the tree on its own, with, with a bit of like the ground underneath it. Okay. All right. So now Eliezer Zira havesayim misane achme uchme. Now, it's interesting I look at this. So over here, that Eliezer, right? Eliezer, Eliezer Zeira. So the little Eliezer. Okay? That's Eliezer Zeira. He's a, he's, he's a little one. It was actually a guy, Zeiri. Yeah, the young one. Yeah, the young one. No, it's used that Zeir. Zeir means little, though. Zeir means little, but Zeir obviously means that he's a young one. Right? Uh, as you as we were talking, I looked in the article of myself in Hebrew, and he says Sair. I was thinking to myself, what does it mean? Right? So he says that yeah, Eliezer Zairi. Because there's a Zairi, there's a famous family Zairi in Israel. In fact, you know, one of the guys is uh, you know, there's that Rosh Yehudi, the, the, the Amutar Rosh Yehudi, they were the ones that in Yom Kippur, like they had the minion in Kikar Dizengov, you know, in Dizengov, and the, and the guys came and, and, set, and broke the whole thing up. He's Zairi, his name's Zairi. He's the chairman of Russia UD. His father was the, was, you know, the Yishuv Chashmonaim. You know the big Yishuv Chashmonaim in near Modi'in? His father owned that Yishuv, by the way. He was the Yazam, privately owned developer of that Yishuv. He's a very famous lawyer in Israel. Okay, so, have a, so this, this, I don't think they're related, right? It is Zairi. Zairi. Have a Messiah, was wearing black shoes. Now, now, what's the big deal wearing black shoes? Be honest, in your mind, when you think now, like a chassid, what kind of shoes is he wearing? Black shoes. Why did chassidim dress that way? Because that's how the Jews dressed in the home, right? So you think that Jews always wore black shoes. Look at this, come over here. Right? And Rashi, Minag Aveli. He was wearing black shoes, which seems to be a sign of Avelut. Right? The Kai Beshuket in He was walking around in the marketplace of Naharda with black shoes on. Right? Ashkechu de Beresh Galuta. The guys from Ashkaluta's office, in other words, like the, the, the civil servants, or the court, whatever you want to call them, the inspectors, whatever you want to refer to them, they come across him finding them. What's different, mister? Why are you wearing black shoes? You can't just wear black shoes. There's a code of dress, a code of behavior. So he says, Am I lay you? No, he says, I'll tell you why I'm wearing black shoes. He says, The Kama Avilna Yerushalayim. I'm mourning for Yerushalayim. 
I listen to this. He's born in Yerushalayim. So I'm relay. At chashivat litabule Yerushalayim. You so important that you think that you justified to mourn for Yerushalayim. In other words, we all we you the special guy. Who gives you the right to dress differently? Decide you mourning for Yerushalayim. None of us are mourning for Yerushalayim. Savar yoharehi. This is your, this is Yehore, uh, 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 how do you say Yehore? Like a floor, forty, haughtiness, haughty. How do you say English? Haughty, right? So at you have a chavshur, they arrested him, put him in jail. Now before we, now we in the story, right? This is crazy, right? This, uh, this, uh, so look at Tosford over here. Tosford himself is a little bit confused, we've got time. We see from this since that they weren't normally walking around in uh, in uh, in black shoes. It's not the normal way of walking around in black shoes. Funny, there's a note that says the opposite. Okay, one second, one second. Sorry, you know, look at the end of the note. It probably says Tosfot there. Where's in your note? Probably says Tosfot. Yes, like, let's see the Tosfot. Let's see the Tosfot. The Chayim Master said a tiny hotel. He says he tiny as well. The Kamar Achiata who gathered the same as the Uchmei. They were wearing black shoes in Tanit. And they never had laces in them, so you wouldn't say they were Jews. Because in Parakama de Baitzet, now we still are there. You can't wear black, uh, you can't send a guy white shoes on Yontov, because you can't paint them black. Since they used, on the contrary, they wear black shoes. If you send a guy a new pair of shoes that were white, they have to dye them and they have to, uh, to, to paint their black. And it means we wore black shoes. So what's going on over here? Either black shoes was the minak for available, they never wore black shoes. Or you couldn't send a guy white shoes to Erev Yontif. Why? Because they have to paint them black. And they did wear black shoes. So what's going on over here? So says, no. The shoe itself, he says, was black. But the straps, the laces were white. Says that's what the minag was. They wore black shoes with white laces. And in over there, when he says, like we quoted in Tani as well, the guys wearing black shoes. There, the whole shoe was black, even the laces. Sorry, in the Shad Shmad, when 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 you know in the, the Shad Shmad, when they kill you just for looking different, you you and you got to die. Bishad Shmad, right? Hashem, Hashem, Kiddush Hashem, Shemaim. You can't even change your laces. Asura Hashiratzot, you mishunot, Mishal Nochrim, Avelut. If they were different to guys, you would. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. For Avelut Eliezer, Hayakaze. The Rambam says that here. I don't. I don't know what that word is. I had to be honest. I look it up. But he says, he says, and says, also says, these shoes we speak about over here, Rabbi Lezer, uh, the, the Zairi, Mishel Nochrim, That's what he says, don't get confused. It wasn't the shoes were, were white, were black. The shoes were allowed to be black. The problem was that the laces were black as well. And the laces should have been white. Okay, that's what Tosfot says. That's the meaning of Bailu. Is that happy that concur with your note? Tell what I'm, is that the note says? Yeah, but there's another addition. His shoes were dull and not shiny as well. Okay, well, that's not in the Gomorrah here. That's, a, that's another Gomorrah, maybe. 
That's it. It says it's my ears. Uh, okay, well, that's enough. That's, okay, so I, never, I just saw the toast. Okay. So I was they found and they arrested him. So I'm you got governor, he says, you can't arrest me. Governor Rabbi, I know. I'm in Portica. I'm a Hashavaga. I'm a Tabit Hochem. What do you mean? So they says to him, so I said, I'm really okay. Minaya did it. How do we know that? He said, What do you how do you know that? I'm a lay. Oh, I turn by me nine mil to an and by by me nakwin. You ask me a cash and see if I can prove it. Or if you can't, I'll ask you a question, see if you can answer me. And I'll prove to you, I'm a Tabi Chochem. So Amulay said to me, okay, fine. Bayat, you ask the question. So Amalayu, so he said to them, hi, man, the cut kufra. Right, this guy who chops down, he says, uh, a tree. Rashavia, but marim kaboser banavim. He says, kufra but marim kaboser banavim. In other words, like unripe uh, a, a date tree. My Mishan, what does he pay? So Amulay, what do you mean? Mishan, the man kufra, he pays him how much the kufra, what, what damage did he cause? So we were high Abu Tamra, but what were their dates? They weren't dates. So I'm also they were, but there were dates there. So I'm a new Mishnah to make Tamra, pay the money of the dates. Or they become dates. Why they have a Habu Tamra, they become dates, right? They eventually become dates. What do you mean now cut them pay them as they are? Now they're kufra, they're unripe dates, but if you'd waited, they would become ripe dates. She says, okay, well then I'll probably pay the dates. I'm allowed to love Tamra Shakil, but the guy didn't actually steal dates. They weren't dates yet. Right, he's driving them crazy. He says, I've chopped it, unwrapped dates. How much you pay? We'll pay what you paid, but, but they would have become dates. So they pay for the dates, but they aren't dates yet. Right? He says, I'm a lay, I'm a lach. We don't know, we don't know what the answer. You tell us the answer. He says, I'm a lay, you bashishim. He says, You pay bashishim, you gross it up into, it was one in 60, like we saw yesterday, like Nachman, and you pay according to the 60. Look at Rashi. Ima karka, with the land. Said you take the land, you take the value, and everything like we learned yesterday. Right? So Amulay, man, Amar Kavateh. So they said to him, but who, who says anybody? How, how do we know that this is really true? Does anybody else agree with you on this? You know? So he says, what are you talking about? Amulay, Ashmuel Chai, who baited no kind. Look, Shmuel's laugh, and his baiting is there. Check it out, check it out. Shadru Kamer to Shmuel. They sent the question to Shmuel, right? He said, the answer is the perfectly good answer. What he said was right. And they let him go. Okay? That's the story. Okay. Rabbi Shimon Omer, right? Now we go back to the Mishnah. Right? Rabbi Shimon, we saw in the Mishnah on Daphnun, hey, that's our Mishnah, Kones. Right? At the end of the Mishnah, we saw that Tanakama said that we pay according to Shishim. And we saw that Rabbi Shimon says, no. Rabbi Shimon says, Achle Peirot Gemurim, if he ate ripened fruits, right? Meshalemet Peirot Gemurim. He pays the value of ripened fruits. Look at Rashi. And how do we value them? We look at other fields that haven't yet become ripened yet and we check the damages out. That's what Shimon says. So Shimon is not really in favor of this whole complicated process of, uh, of, doing, all the, of doing all the testing. Right? That's, uh, that's, that's Rabbi that's uh, Shimon. So our mission now, our Gemara picks up down Rabbi Shimon. So Gemara says, like Rabbi Shimon, Mary, Achle Peir, Gemara Bechule. So my timer. So Gemara says, what's the reason? Why does Rabbi Shimon hold like this? Why does he hold like this? He said, Amar Achmana, Ubi'er Bishteacher. The pasuk again we saw says, Bi'er Bishteacher. Right? If you if he ate in somebody else's field, Melamet Sheshamin Al Gavasade. Right? In other words, why does Rabbi Shimon say, okay, don't we see that we've got a whole system over here of Melamed on the Agav Asadeh? And therefore, 
We've got to work it out. In one in 60 and value the field, etc. Why is he just saying you take the actual fruits and you value the fruits? So it's the honey mini. Honey mili, midi the tzarich the sade. When does that apply to Rabbi Shimon? That's only if the fruit still need the sade. Right? But honey, kevin de lochich the sade. Right? Binayu baishlume. Once they've been picked, even though they aren't fully ripened yet, they can ripen off the tree. And therefore, we don't need the tree anymore. So when do we say we grow it up into one in shishim? That's things that need to be still growing on the ground or on a tree to develop. But these things don't need to develop. They can develop on their own. We don't need the tree. Okay, so that's Bashar Shimon's version. So I'm Rav Huna Barchi, I'm Rabbi Yirmi, Abba Abba, Dan Rav, Krabi Meir, or Pasak Hilcheta, Krabi Shimon. This is quite interesting. Eh? When he says Dan Rav, Krabi Meir, it seems like Krabi Meir gave an opinion on something. The Gemara says, no. When we say Dan Rav, Krabi Meir, it's in another sugi altogether, nothing to do with us. The Gemara explains, when was Dan Rav, Krabi Meir? He discussed the subject like Krabi Meir, the Tanya Quatra Bright over here. If you remember, he says, remember a guy, just a little background over here, a person had two fields and, and, and he had a ketubah, he his wife, he was married to a woman and he had a ketubah. Now one of those fields have to cover that ketubah. If God will they get divorced or if he dies, then she's going to have to claim a ketubah from somewhere. And we need free land, right? So land that's underwritten on a ketubah, you can't go and sell. Now how can you sell it? Get your wife's permission. It's, it's quite long, almost today. It's like if people today, if you marry your own property with them, and you want to sell, you got to bring your wife to sell as well. You can't go sell on your own. So you have the same idea. You got to go after permission. So what happens? Katavla Rishon, he sold land to a person under contract. There's a Rashi over here. If you've got to start an art scroll, right? This whole sugi in Ketubot. The Rashi is there. Rashi is the Katavla Rishon, Shtar Mecher Al Sadechat. He's going to sell one of his fields to a man, sold the contract. And the wife over here didn't give her consent. She never signed on that contract giving her consent. The Rashi over here says, She didn't concede to that, agree to that. And then, But the Shani, he wrote a con, he sold the second field to another man. And on that one, she did sign. What's the aloha? After Ketubah, as of now, the woman lost her Ketubah. Why did she lose her Ketubah? He owned two fields. The first field he sold without her consent. The second field he sold with her consent. So what happens now? She loses her Ketubah. Why she loses her Ketubah? Ah, because when she needs to claim her Ketubah, there's no land. But she only signed on the second one. So why doesn't she go to the first guy and claim back the Ketubah? Right? Just let off, take it back. So then you can't take it back. Why? Because the first guy will say to the wife, listen, when I bought the field from your husband, there was still land there available for you to claim your ketubah. Therefore, I sold land and left unencumbered land for you. If I left unencumbered land for you, I'm free. You're going to claim against me. The fact that you went and signed consent on the second sale means you, with your own hands, you stocked yourself. Right? Already got that? Everybody with me? Mm. Right? So that's what Rabbi Meir says. Rabbi Yudah Meir, no. Rabbi Yudah says, Yecholahi Shetomar, remember the Ketubot, Nachadroch Zidabali, Ita Malachem Alai. Are you going, no, 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 I didn't consent, concede to that second deal. So I said, Nachadroch, I didn't want to insult my husband. So I signed, but I didn't really agree to it. Right? 
So here we see that Rabbi Meir was very, Rav was taken up with this Aloha via, what's the story? But when it's, it's but when it came to Paskin Halocha, in our case, he Paskin like Rabbi Shimon. What Rabbi Shimon said that if it doesn't need the tree any longer, and it's off the tree, you pay the actual damages, what the damage was that you caused, you don't start doing grossing up of 60s. If he ate fully ripened fruits, we pay fully ripened fruits. Okay, so that was a little bit of a sidetrack there. Nothing to do with us, but that's the machlok over there. Okay, now two new missions quickly on Amud. Ha magdish betoch sadecha. Remember, magdish, a gadish is, remember, if you made like a, you put like you stocked up your fruit, you like put a big pile up in somebody else's field. So you made a big pile in somebody else's field. Shalom shu'atrashut. And then, vachaltan behem toshel bala sadeh. Patro, the same thing that we saw before, if you came into somebody else's uh, fields with your fruits, same thing over here, you made a pile of your grain, and, so, and the, and the bala sadeh's animal came and ate up your grain. He's patru. You shouldn't have been in the first place. Im huske bahen. And now again, if the Bala Sadeh's animal got damaged by your grains, so Bala Gadish Chayav, because you had no Rashut to be there, you Chayav because of the damage that he did. You can't turn around to the Bala Sadeh and say, well, why was the animal eating my fruit in the first place? Because he'll say to you, what do you mean? Why were you there in the first place? However, Im Higdish Barashut, if you came in with Rashut, then Bala Sadeh Chayav. Then the Bala Sadeh is Chayav. Why? Because the moment he allowed you to come in, he was saying, I'm now taking responsibility for, your, for whatever you got. He was accepting Shmira. Now we saw this Mahakub before, remember? It was Mahakub between who? Between Tanakama and, I'm not such a clever guy, already seen the Gemara, right? And Rebbe. Remember, Rebbe said that you only hire when a guy's responsible, you actually say, come in and I will be responsible for you. But if I didn't actually state those words, I will be responsible for you, then I'm allowing you to come into my Sadeh, but you're responsible. So in such a case, if my animal ate your food, even though you had Rashut to be there, and he got damaged, you'd be hired because you were meant to be responsible. Tanakama says, no, once you come in, you assumed responsibility, therefore I'm now responsible for your stuff, and if my animal ate your stuff, I'm responsible for my animal dying. That's what Gemara says. Gemara says, yeah, lay to look Rebi. It seems I'm missing not like Rebi, why? The Ikarebi... Right, this we saw on Daf Mem Zayim. Right, more than 10 Daf ago, about two weeks ago. Ha'amar Achi, Kabbalah, Ba'ala, Ba'ish, Dishmor. Rebbe says, you only chayev when you actually say, I will be the Shmor. So Papa says, no. Amar Papa, Hacha, Benitrei, Be'itrei, Askin, Be'itrei, Askinan. He says, it might even be over here that Rebbe would agree in this case that you are, that the Ba'ala Sari is chayev as well. Why? What's our case over here? He said, Be'itrei, Askinan. Is it Beidare or Beidre? I think it's Beidare. Right, right. Beidare asking. What did they rush? She over here. Natar Beidare. Shomera Granot. There's a guy who's, who's like guarding the, all the field. Shemina Ganaya. La sot kobene abika begorene chadze gadisho vze gadisho. Like they'd be like a cooperative. All those in the, in, in the one area that we're farming together. They all put their, make their piles of their grains together. And they appoint a, a, a guard to look after all of them together. And yeah, Rebbe would agree even that that guard assumes responsibility for everybody and therefore you become responsible. Your guard is your shaliach and you're responsible. So if somebody else's animal, if your animal causes him damage, you're responsible for it. The Kevin, the Amalei, Ayo, the Gedosh. 
Since you told the guy, come into our cooperative here, onto my field and make your pile, it's the same as saying, we look after it for you. We're responsible because we've got a God that we're paying to look after it in here. So it's a little bit different to the guy in his private house. New Mishnah. I think we've seen this Mishnah before, by the way. Yes, we had this Mishnah in Dafkaf, Bet, and Nunvav. We've already seen this Mishnah before. Mishnah is that you give fire. You, you need to let your animal go in. You send him with a shecher shot of a katan. People haven't got that. Into somebody else's field to eat, you part to. But you part to what? Bedine Adam. But chaya bedine shamayim. Because you can't punish these guys, right? And they, they never dart. But by you doing it, you took a bit of advantage here. So you chaya still bedine shamayim. Shalach biyad pikeach. If you send it with a pikeach, then the pikeach is chaya. And you aren't chaya. Why? Because ain't shaliach da Right? What you want? Watch the pikeach. The guy's aware. He should know what to do. And he wanted to go into your fields. He's chayev, not you. Now we've got a case where one guy brings the fire. The chayev v'yetaitz and one brings the wood. So now we say, the guy who brought the wood is chayev. Why is the guy with not fire? In other words, the guy who came lost. There was fire and the guy brought the wood. Look at Rashi. Without the last guy, the first guy could do nothing. You could have all the, 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 you've got a nice big fire burning there. In, but there's no wood to actually pick it up and take it somewhere else, so it wouldn't have done anything. And same thing the other way around. The one guy bought the wood first. The It was the last guy's always chayev. But right now somebody else came and fanned the fire. Hamelabe chayev. Right then the melab is chayev. It was the last guy who always does the stuff. He's the chayev one. Lipta haruach. Right if the wind came and and, and fanned it, then turin. That's already not our case. That's damages caused by nature. You would be patur. Says when we said in the Mishnah that you gave the cherishot of a katan fire and you patur. That's only shemasalo gacheret veliba. You gave him coals and you fanned the coals. Avar masalo shall have it and you be patur over there. You gave him a lamp, a torch, right? He's then you chayev. Why you chayev? Ma timer. Masav kegarbulo. At the end of the day, by you giving him the torch, it's, you prepared the whole fire. It was all there, raging flame. You put it in his hand. What did you expect was going to happen? Obviously, it was going to cause damages. You would be chayev. Rabbi Yochanan says no. masalo shall have it. You gave him a raging flame, a lantern, burning torch. You still patur. Why my timer? I'm be honest with you. I'm a little bit confused about this answer. It's quite difficult. He said tzifte de cheresh garmelo. It's the tzifte de cheresh. Rashi says, yeah, tzifta, tzvat, right? Now, is it like a, 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 a tweezer, right? It's like a tzvat, right? When you grab onto something. There's a Rashi over here, a Rashi over here, tzifta de cheresh. This Rashi comes from Baba Batra. Look at it, it says, yeah, achizato v'kocho. It says, the fact that he held it, and his strength of holding up the lantern, as if he now did the damage himself. V'lo mechaev, and you're only mechaev, achi yimsolo gavza, he actually gave him gavza like dry wood, salta, Rashi says, eitzim dakim and twigs, and shraga and a can of, and a candle. Dahu vada masa didai garmu. Now, if you gave him the whole gashef to put it all together, then you'd be chayav. If you actually gave him the lantern, you wouldn't be chayav either. Not sure why. We'll have to discuss that tomorrow in more detail. Okay, let's end off Abir.